Good morning, brothers and sisters. It's appropriate that we pray as a community for our brothers and sisters in need because the readings today specifically focus on the importance of prayer. And one element in particular, which is persistence or perseverance. Our Lord is clearly telling us in the gospel that you need to be faithful, you need to continue to pray for that which you need, that which you want, that which is good for you, and if you persist, you will receive. Now, he uses a very interesting example in the gospel. Your neighbor comes over, it's late at night, you're already in bed, and he's banging on the door, and he wants to borrow three loaves because a friend from a journey has just shown up to his house, and he doesn't have any food to offer. You cry out from within, nope, we're all in bed, don't bother me. Our Lord says that, I assure you, he's going to get up and give him the bread. Either because of their friendship or because that guy's not going to go away until he gets it. So he's not going to get any sleep. So for one reason or another, you'll get what you ask for if you are persistent. Now, if your neighbor, who's not necessarily doing it out of virtue, is willing to give you what you want just to get you off his back, How much more will God, who loves you, who wants to give you all that is good, give you that which you ask for? When you pray with persistence, faithfully, for however long it takes. It's one of the great struggles that we have oftentimes in our prayer, especially when what we're asking is a a difficult thing. God doesn't seem to give it in our time frame. Like we may think that our friend, our neighbor, ourselves, we need this grace, we need this blessing by this point. I I need this, Lord, two weeks from today. So you start praying every day for two weeks. Two weeks comes and two weeks goes, and you haven't gotten it yet. Uh, The temptation we have in those moments is to say, well, it doesn't do any good. I'm just going to quit praying for it. I didn't get what I asked for. Obviously, I'm not going to get it. And that's a huge mistake. Because more often than not, when the Lord wants you to wait, it's because of two reasons. The gift that he wants to give you is greater than the one you've asked for. And for that reason, it takes more prayer to obtain it. It's kind of like you're 12 years old and you really want a new bicycle. And you've been praying every day, please, Lord, please, Lord, just get me a new bicycle. And year after year, you're praying for this prayer, but you never get it. Then all of a sudden, when you're 16, you get a car, right? So the idea was God made you pray for all those years because he wanted to give you something better than just a bike. We do this all the time in, in our prayer life. Our desires are small. The things that we're requesting are small in comparison with what God wants to give. And in those situations, it's most likely just going to take longer than we want, longer than we like. The reason we don't persist in prayer in these cases is because it hurts too much. To continue to be faithful to prayer for such a long time is a great sacrifice because you can only survive basically on hope. Faith and hope, that's all you've got. In our first reading today, we have this wonderful story from the book of Genesis with Abraham and God. God has come down and seen the great sin of Sodom. We know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. God destroys them because of their great sins. So God comes down and sees all the sin, and he has it in his mind to wipe them out. But Abraham is concerned. 
Now, he's not particularly concerned about the sinners who deserve to be crushed by God. He's concerned because he has family who lives in Sodom. And so he approaches the Lord and he begins to pray. And he says, Lord, what if there are 50 good people in Sodom? Are you going to destroy the whole city and those good people as well? Far be it for you who is just to do something like that, right? He's trying to convince God. And the Lord's like, okay, Abraham, if there are 50 good people, I, I won't destroy the city. Abraham doesn't stop there. He continues, well, what if there's just five less than 50? What if it's just 45? You still going to destroy the city? No, Abraham. There are 45 good people. I won't destroy the city. Lord, what if, what if there are only 40? He keeps going. You, I know it can sometimes seem culturally inappropriate to say, but there's a long tradition of believing that Jews are really good at negotiation, really good at haggling. Where do you think they get this? Their father Abraham. <laughs> he was the first great haggler. He haggled with God, and he got everything he asked for. If not 40, then 30, Lord. What if there's only 20? What if there's only 10, Lord? Abraham, if there are only 10 good people, I will save the whole city for the sake of the 10. Now, God still destroyed Sodom because there weren't 10 good people. So God knew that ahead of time, obviously. He brought out Lot and his wife and his children because those were the only good people in Sodom. So he, he didn't destroy them with the wicked. Except Lot's wife looked back and turned into a pillar of salt. That's a whole other story. But if you think about it for a moment, one of the things that pleased God so much about Abraham is that he was willing to intercede. He was willing to pray and to push. Push to the limit for that which was on his heart. He didn't stop with just a small request. He kept going. The reason our Lord loves this so much about Abraham and in any of the saints is because it reminds him of his son. It's all about intercession, isn't it? Jesus is the great intercessor. Because of his prayer for us, we can be forgiven of sin. We can be saved from the wrath, from the destruction that we all deserve. But intercession, prayer alone, is not enough. Prayer requires sacrifice as well. Jesus prayed on our behalf, but he also sacrificed himself to obtain that grace. Oftentimes, one of the essential sacrifices God expects of us is perseverance. You just got to keep praying. I've told this story before where one of my siblings, this is many, many years ago before I was a priest, I was worried about one of my siblings. They were not close to God at this time in their life. And I prayed a lot about it, and I realized if I could just tell them one thing, one truth, I knew it would help them. I knew it's what they needed to hear to kind of convert and come back. But I also knew that if I told them now, they wouldn't listen. It would fall on deaf ears. So I started praying every day, week after week, just saying, Blessed Mother, this was my prayer, Blessed Mother, please arrange the time, the season, when I can share this with my sibling. When is the best time? I prayed for two years. I remember very distinctly. Two years, day in and day out, I would always offer this up in prayer, asking for that moment to come. Then finally, one day, they call me up. Hey, Dave, you want to go out to lunch? Sure. 
Didn't know where this was going, but you know, I'm not gonna refuse. I remember where we went. You know, this pizza restaurant in Hickory. We sat, I remember where we sat, I remember the whole conversation. And in the middle of the conversation, we're eating, and they ask me the very question I had been hoping that they would ask for two years. And I was able to give them the very answer that they needed. And I didn't push it on them. But I had to pray for two years to get that. There have been things I have been praying for for 30 years now. And I'm still praying for it, and I still haven't gotten it yet. And yes, it is frustrating. And yes, at times in the past, I have kind of thrown up my hands in exasperation and been frustrated with God and said, fine, I'm not going to pray for this anymore. But then I repent and come back and start praying for it again. God's ifs are always greater than we think. And they are going to require oftentimes more sacrifice than we may want to initially give and certainly take longer to receive than is our design, our desire. But it's so important we learn this necessary virtue. Our Lord tells us, if you persist in your prayer, you will receive it. He doesn't tell us when we'll receive it. Another great example is St. Therese of Lisieux. Everybody knows, hopefully, St. Therese. If you don't look her up, you should. She's a great doctor of the church. Therese was a cloistered nun. She lived and she died in her convent. But she wanted to be a missionary. She wanted to travel throughout the world like St. Paul and help bring souls to Christ. This was her great desire. And she would pray about this. But obviously, she's a cloistered nun. They're not going to give her permission to do this. And you'd think, since she died in the convent and she never got the opportunity, God did not grant her what she wanted. But you'd be wrong. Because ever since her canonization, her body has been carried throughout the world in veneration, helping to bring graces and conversion to souls. She is a great missionary. She's just dead. You see, she got it, just wasn't in her time. Our Lord knew that if he had sent her out while she was still alive here on earth, she wouldn't have done as much good. So he granted the desire of her heart, but she was in heaven before she could receive it. She was going to get it, but in God's timing. And yes, that's not always exactly what we want when we're asking for something. But we have to learn to trust God. He wants to give us good gifts. But we have to trust him and pray in faith. I've even known people to pray when they're asking for something as if they've already gotten it. Lord, I just want to thank you for giving me this since it's good and I know you're going to give it. Whenever you give it, Lord, I'm just thanking you now. Thank you, Lord, for this gift. I love that. I think that's fantastic. That shows a profound faith because they trust that the Lord will give them and their loved ones that which they need. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.